Jake T. Smith of the TFOM podcast here for season two, episode 25. And I have two special guests with me today. If you guys check out the front office news, at least the last couple of years, these guys are mainstays on the website. If you haven't been checking out the front office news, you've been slipping, but I got my two guys, Neil Meyer and Justin Summers here. How y'all guys doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Justin, man, like you sleep, man. You kind of like that. Doing good. <laughs> kind of like, you know, I get you a beer or something. No, I'm just yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just all good. I'm just I just been working a lot. So. I'm just a little tired, a little tired. We'll get going now. All right, cool. I'm just messing with you, man. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. Neil, Neil, you were stopping what uh thieves, thieves on the west side to, before we started our pod. I know, right? It was crazy. <laughs> crazy tonight. Cool, man. Well, you guys are on. For a perfect time, I talked about Fickle getting an extension. It was unofficial when I talked about it last week. But today, everybody knows that the man, the myth, BD Fick, got his extension today. How you guys feeling about it, man? I, I'll let I'll let Justin. Justin, you've been waiting the longest. I'm going to let you go ahead and go first, and then, Neil, you come in. <laughs> oh, man, I think it's great for the school, man. I mean, this is this has been their guy for a while. I think the whole university, everyone that knows Cincinnati football knows, this has always been the guy. Um, you know, he had to come in at their low point for UC football, you know, trying to build back a program that has – made strides over the last couple of years, but it seemed to take a little, you know, dump down the road for a couple of years. And he's built them up and built them to where they legit can be a college football playoff team for many, many years in the future with him. I think he's got the guys in the locker room. He's got the staff. I think this is a really good hire. You know, there was a good hire from day one. And to get the extension done, it's, it's huge for the school. Because, I mean, it shows, you know, the other coaches like Wes and the other coaches at the University of Cincinnati that, you know, they they believe that, you know, if you do the job correctly, they're going to make sure that you get the big bucks and they're going to make sure that, you know, you're locked in for a while. True, true. And you're, you're being nice when you say that the program went to like a dump for a little bit. <laughs> it was definitely in the shitter. So, um, yeah, Fig brung it out of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I was trying to be nice about it. I wasn't trying to hit up my boy, you know, Tupperville or anything. It went downhill for a little while. Yeah. But, you know, Fickle, he's built this, you know, program back up to stratospheres of what everybody thought it could be. Man. For sure. So getting that extension done, that's humongous for this for program. For sure, for sure. Neil, Neil, go ahead. Chime in, man. How do you feel about, you know, how great this extension is for the University of Cincinnati? Uh, I honestly think this extension, it was – everyone knew it had to get done. Everyone knew coming off the last two seasons and what he had to do to rebuild this program after, as you guys mentioned, Tuberville left in 2017, go from a 4-8 and eight season to – college football playoffs here, not even four years later. I mean, everyone kind of knew that Fickle was the guy from the jump. It was all about the time. You had to give him the time to uh, get his pieces together. And I think he surrounded himself with the best group of coaches that he could have really brought in and everyone bought in. I mean, you had the groups of guys like Desmond Ritter, Kobe Bryant, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, Darian Beavers, all the guys who stayed for the four or five years that they were here. Uh, those guys really bought into the process and it really showed a lot of people on the national stage of what's going on here in Clifton. You're right, man. So I'm ecstatic. Like I've been super excited about this. Like from when I first got sniffs of it was going to happen. I think it was super smart. Just think about it. You know, multiple, any job that comes up, we know that Fickle's name is going to get thrown around. Right. But we only know, we know like only two or three that really hold weight if you really pay attention per se. And one of those, you know, positions were was open for a second, you know, and it was scary for a little bit, but he's here. They gave him a raise, which was super smart. Just think about it. Um, before the Big 12 money is kicked in. So I'm pretty sure that won't be the last raise. We'll see Fickle get, you know, why he's at Uni University of Cincinnati. But it's just smart, 
you then uh, they got the bigger, you know, bigger funds for the assistant coaches, which was I think was even doper as well, just to show that he cares about his assistants and why people love working with him. Of course, got him a bigger pool so he can get more money. Because everybody works to get money at the end of the day. And uh, then I'll, I'll talk about, you know, the new you know, guys on the new locker rooms underway. But just think about the facility that's going to be hopefully started sooner than later that's coming this way. Like, how huge is it that the Bearcats will possibly have a indoor football sports facility probably by the time they get into the Big 12 or maybe like the first year? You know, what, what do you think about that? Oh, I, I sorry, I'll, I'll chime in first. That's no, all good. <laughs> Go for it. Um, so I, I think that's humongous for, you know, the, the city of, you know, the city's been built on football for a little while. Obviously, everybody loves their Bengals and that. But, you know, whenever you hear about the Bengals, you hear that they don't have an indoor practice facility. They don't have any practice facility. That's the main thing. I know my guy, Pat McAfee, he always brings it up. Yeah. He hates it. Yeah. It's the show that the, the college team, the college football team in Cincinnati can get that practice facility and show, you know, like, hey, we can be up there with the big guys like, you know, Notre Dame, Ohio State. We got the funds. Yeah. We, you know, come play with us. I mean, like, we'll be, we'll take you to where Ohio State, Notre Dame, you know, Clemson, all of those big schools can take you to. I think it's just an underrated standpoint to how important the funds are, you know, moving to the Big 12 and just everything that's happening with the program itself. It just shows how you're going to get more high-end five-star, four-star recruits with having that much money, having the, you know, being able to get all of the little things that the big schools like Ohio State and Notre Dame have had for a little while now. Yeah, true. I think it's a great opportunity for not only the University of Cincinnati, but for the city of Cincinnati as a whole. As Justin mentioned, the Bengals do not have a practice facility but we saw them practice during the ice storm actually on campus at the bubble due to not having the indoor practice facility. So looking into the future, potentially having that practice facility where an NFL team could potentially come back in and practice again on a campus only three miles up the road from downtown is huge. But going into the Big 12, as Justin mentioned, playing with the big dogs, I mean, having that facility would be tremendous. I mean, going into the Big 12, but you also have to think coming off the season like that. I mean, the funding is the biggest part. And I think that was slightly an uh, issue going ahead of it. Like, hey, when is this going to get done? Is it going to get done sooner, before the Big 12, after the Big 12? But seeing all the success the football team has had, you have allowed to see not only the program, season tickets and stuff selling that way that they're making revenue off of, but you're also looking at student enrollment going up by almost 12%. So it's not only that, but it's also – also, everything going on at the university right now, I think John Cunningham, the athletic director, is doing a fantastic job of, A, not only building the practice facility, but getting Luke the extension. I think right now the program just – we thought it was at an all-time high. I think it's just going to go up from here. Sure. And speaking of the enrollment going up, I tell, like, people – like, when professors, like, are, like – it's all about academics. Okay, I understand. Academics is important for sure. People go to school for academics. But like when you're, you guys are almost about to graduate now. When you are making your decision when you're 16, 17 years old, 18 years old, you're thinking about mainly like sports has a big impact on where you go. Like nobody wants to go to a campus like Unless you just like if you like sports or you like being around certain environments, you're going to look at that. Like I came to Cincinnati because Kenya, I'm showing my age because you guys are young. But I came down here because Kenya Martin was fresh off being in the first pick in a the draft. They had Steve Logan, Leonard Stokes, like all these sweet players like Jason Maxwell was a freshman when I was a freshman. That just shows how old I am. But that's neither here nor there. I made a decision because it's like, dude, they had a Jordan brand basketball team was super sweet i came out here and they had good education on top like it was like i saw the school i'm like you know what i like this and then i'm like oh they got good education too and they got ballers and it's it's like a win-win so now you see the you know the bearcats make the, co the college football playoff and then you got increasing enrollment it's automatically it goes hand in hand so like when professors get mad about sports getting the, some of the money it's like 
it's like they cut off their you know their nose and spike their face you know because like, it's going to come back to them because more enrollment is going to come because of this team as long as they're winning now if they start sucking they're not going to understand where they can kind of get mad but at the end of the day them getting into the big 12 is like buttering everybody's bread if that makes sense i don't know if that was a good analogy or not but um neither here nor there but all right my bad guys i start rambling on that <laughs> but with all the success now we're going into spring ball so i want to know like what like position battles you guys are looking for looking at i guess we won't go too deep i guess we'll get like another one maybe next month where we kind of dig 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 into it but i'll say like go with one since you know you got possibly nine to ten people that may get drafted in the nfl draft from the bearcats so that's you know a lot of starters that won't be here this year of course but who what what's the main battle position battle that you're looking at both of you guys we'll just do one because we'll try to do another one later where we kind of dig into more of it once we get into spring ball um i guess i can start out um i know everyone's really looking forward to the ben bryant ethan or evan prater battle but that's not one that's really i'm looking at the one i'm looking at is the running back room obviously we had jerome ford coming off one of the best seasons as a bearcat right behind michael warren but then you also got to look down the roster you have guys like ethan wright who showed moments where he could be that running back as he's a downhill running back. You have Ryan Montgomery. You have Charles McClellan, who's coming back for his senior season and who's been around in the program. And uh, it's just really something to keep an eye on because you have three, not I wouldn't say different style running backs, but they all bring something different to the table. So, I mean, that's where I would like to look at a little more in depth as it's going to be an open battle to see who gets the, the starting reps come March 5th. True. True. All right, Justin, I'm going. So he went running back. So I wrote about that maybe like a couple weeks ago. So I feel you on that. But I'm I'm thinking about something else, but you touched it already. But I want to see what Justin is coming with. Yeah, I, I was about to say running back too. He took it from me. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God. I mean, me and Neil have always talked at work about the quarterback, you know, battle that would go yeah. on. I think it's really interesting. But honestly. I'm really excited to see the cornerback room because, you know, you lose Kobe, obviously, who was amazing. Jim Thorpe winner, you know, he proved to everybody that, you know, even if sauce doesn't get thrown at, like, he's not a – he wasn't, you know, chopped liver. He he, he was really good back there. And you lose Ahmad Gardner, obviously. You know, both of them are going to the NFL. So, I mean, there's a lot of young corners that are going to be coming in, you know, trying to get a spot here and, you know, a really good, dangerous secondary. And, I mean, like, they're just getting started. A lot of brand-new coaching staff for the defensive side of things. And, I mean, it's just going to be crazy because, like, right now you got Arquan Bush. Obviously, he's going to probably be a starter. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean – you got a lot of young guys that are going to be potentially battling for those other two spots. You don't know who's going to be in those spots, really. Yeah. Speaking so, on that cornerback room as well, you also have the older guys who've been around, like Justin Harris. You mentioned Arquan. Yeah, you got you have some of the upperclassmen as well as the younger classmen as well, like with J.Q. Hardaway coming in, like one of the highly touted cornerbacks. That's, yeah. that's the name everybody brings up. You, I, I can't wait to see him. Yeah. J.Q. Hardaway is going to be – I think he'll be a really good piece of yeah. this defensive core. And then, like Neil said, Justin Harris, man, he didn't get to play a lot last year, obviously. I mean, it sucked. It really did not be able to see him out there because after that Peach Bowl, that pitcher, it went cold. And I was like, man, he's going – he's going to be brazy this year. He's <laughs> going crazy. <laughs> and then he got injured and, like, yeah. oh, I just yes. wish you could have seen a little bit more of him. But – He's definitely going to pitch, and I think he's going to be really good this year. I, I don't think they're going to lose any ground on the secondary. It's going to be interesting. They'll lose some, but I think they'll be fine. I don't think it'll be a, a great. Uh, it could be a slight drop-off, but I still think they'll still be very good. It won't be as locked down, but I think they'll be better than people expect losing all that talent. But we'll, we shall see, man. They got a lot, lot of young cats that can ball, and they got a lot of older cats that didn't get to really play. Because yep. of how good, you know, Kobe and them were, you know, thinking about Justin Harris, who, when he came in, he was actually the best 
corner of that class in the ratings, you know, over Ahmad Gardner, which, you know, um, and then uh, you got, you know, next year you got Sammy, Sammy Anderson. I feel like when, you know, when you've seen him in certain, you know, practices and stuff, he looks very good. You know, you got, you know, Todd Bumpus, who, you know, was, a, was he a true freshman or was he a redshirt freshman? Yeah, he, get, he was a true freshman. True freshman. I feel like he was like right up, in, you know, by the end of the season, he was up there on the roster where he might have been the first one to get in. And you got those you two. Brian Threats saw some action at safety times. Yeah. Yep. So it's going to be interesting because that, that's going to be interesting. That's why I'm looking at that other safety. It's going to be the, the one I'm looking at the most because you got, you know, Hicks is pretty much penciled in. Barring anything crazy, then you got the other safety that you know is kind of a coin flip, where you got a lot of got a lot of young talent over there that could possibly play. So we shall see, man. Um, we'll definitely we'll write about some stuff, man. Get everybody to think about those uh, battles that will be popping up. But all right, we'll talk. We've been talking about the football team, which is everybody's happy spot. Let's get into the the sore spot right now. It's the the men's basketball team, you know, they're 17 and 10 right now, you know, seven and seven in the AAC, uh, had some tough losses, you know, in the last couple of weeks, they just lost to temple on Saturday and they got swept by temple. So temple got the sweep and at four games left in the season. Let's see. Cause you know, people are dumping on, dump or very hard on you know um the bearcats team right now which could be understandably understandable off the top because of how rich the basketball history is for the bearcats but like people just forget like what a dumpster fire Wes miller took over like he had to recruit everybody back so it's like i personally said they will win between 16 and 18 games this year right in the middle right now with a chance to win more. It looked like they were going to win more. And then, you know, the wheels kind of fell apart. But I think they're a prisoner of beating Illinois. Like, I kind of feel like they beat Illinois, a top 15 team at the time, still a top 25 team. They kind of teeter right now. They're normally between, like, 20 and 25 um, when I normally pay attention. But they beat them, and then I feel like everybody's like, oh, snap. And I felt that way. But then, like, you got slapped back into reality, right? Um, how would you guys grade this season per se? Like you still got four games. The NCAA is like it's gonna take a miracle for that ha- to happen. Um we'll, we'll we'll go with that first. Just how do you how would you guys grade this season for West Miller in this team per se? I'm I'm gonna start this off. Like I don't I don't get the people coming at West. I, I don't I don't like that seeing the fans yeah. that are hitting on saying West is not a good coach or that. I give West, I honestly an A minus this year, because let, let let's go back to last year where they were at this point. I mean, last year they had John Brandon, yeah. and obviously everybody knows how that was going. Nobody was happy. You had what at this time? I think like four or five people that were opt out at the time yeah. on the team. You had everybody. I mean, nobody knew what was going on. Yeah, nobody had any idea what was going on behind the scenes, anything like that. And Wes Miller came into this program and immediately, like you said, he had to build a dumpster fire back up. He really had to, like, quickly. And he had to put a team, he had to re-recruit his guys. You know, had to get Mikey back, Mason. You know, he had to get, you know, the main guys back here. The only one he couldn't get was Tari, unfortunately. Tari's been going crazy this year. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that Wes Miller, for – all he was put in through the one year from today, I mean, for him to have, you know, a 17 and 10 record, that's not bad. And he's had some oppressive wins. Now they've, they've had some bad losses, yeah, yeah, yeah. bad losses that obviously should have been avoided. But the fact of the matter is that for them to even come close to 20 wins, I think that's a win for Wes in his yeah. first year here. I think he's going to get better. He's going to obviously, you know, he's got recruits yeah. on, I mean, <laughs> I, I remember talking to Neil last year. I was like, when's John Brandon? We don't see any recruiting news about him. Is he recruiting anybody? Yeah. I'm like, do it's we true. got anybody coming in right now? Yeah, it's true. 
And, like, Wes, I, all, all you see from him is, you know, five stars coming in, four stars coming in. Like, Wes yeah. is going to build this program back up. Yeah. But it's just – you got to give him time. Yeah. You can't just expect one year he's going to take him to a 25-6 and six record. No, yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. He's got to start off slow. But A-, minus, I think he's done really good. I like his passion. I like the way he coaches. I think he needs a couple more, you know, maybe a year or two. And he'll have it back up and ready to go. Cool. Neil, man, want, want your uh, your thoughts on this? Honestly, uh, I was just taking a look at the 2021 season. Uh, so I would give West an A-, minus, as Justin said. But looking back at the 2021 season, obviously they had the month-long COVID, month-and-a-half-long COVID outbreak. Yeah. But overall, they went 12-11 uh, and 11 last year after that monthly span of COVID. Yeah. Turn around this year, and that was with a complete – team obviously you had people opting out and whatnot yeah but you look this year and west is already at a 17 to 10 record you look at the wins against illinois but another win that's getting overlooked is that win at smu obviously smu just went on the road to houston beat houston yeah so <clears throat> bearcats go on the road to get another win uh versus smu here next week um uh, on the verge of a 20 win season i mean it's still it's a possibility west gets a 20 win season in his first year but uh, you have SMU, you have Houston, you have UCF tomorrow night, and then you have one more. Uh, oh, USF, back at that. Yeah. So, yeah, you have two of those games, which uh, could be – should be easy uh, wins, hopefully. But then should you look be. back, UCF is also a very good team this year. But realistically, you look to SMU and Houston. SMU, like I mentioned, went down, beat uh, Houston by two. Bearcats beat them 77-60 to 60 this year. So you beat them by quite a big margin. But then you also look at Houston. Obviously, Houston is the top team in the AAC for a reason. Yeah. But West has something that the Bearcats didn't have coming into the season. That's a recruiting class. And then you look at the guys like Daniel Skillings, who just had a monster weekend. Josh Reed, a massive 2020 double-double. I mean, yeah. and then you also have a seven-footer that's right here in your home backyard coming in. And honestly, I think after we saw Isaiah Collier on campus last week, I mean, Wes is doing not only the recruiting, but his you see Chad Dollar actively getting these four or five-star guys to campus. And that's just a big thing. I mean, obviously, uh, he Wes had to go back into the portal and basically recruit guys out of the portal just to stay in Cincinnati, like Mason, Mikey. Overall, yes, there was some bad losses. Monmouth, for example, the two Temple games, Tulane. But awesome. in your first year, if an NIT is on the line, I mean, you can't really go wrong with that. I mean, yeah, it might take another win at SMU or a win at Houston to maybe get that yeah. resume up a little bit. But overall, I mean, the future is bright. I mean, you give Wes another year uh, after bringing in guys like Daniel Skillings, Josh Reed, Sage Tolentino, and letting Wes go to work with his coaching staff. The future is bright. I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, he's a very passionate guy. He's not only a passionate guy, but he preaches. He's a defensive guy, and it kind of reminds you of Mick. And obviously, it took Mick some time to build that success. So, I mean, I see similarities between Wes and Mick because it's defensive first basketball, and everyone who has been around Wes, I mean, all of us have been around Wes, but you kind of see after watching those practices and whatnot, he's a defensive first kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say I won't give it a grade, but I, I I don't knock what you guys definitely said, because like like we said, we knew last year the team was before that COVID break. Weren't they three and seven? If you got that, that pulled up, weren't they three and seven before everything? Yeah, three and seven or three and eight. Yeah, something real crazy. And then they went on that win, winning spree, but they were playing for each other um, more so than anything. And which is like a super weird year. And you know what happened. We won't get into that. But Whereas West, like you said, everybody said, we talked about this. He has re-recruited his players, fine players in the portal. And he was, it wasn't like he's already been here. You know, I could understand like, all right, it was a mass exodus. He was already here. Everybody knows the system, et cetera. Like he had to come into, you know, University of Cincinnati, set his roots. Oh, I don't have anybody <laughs> on, on scholarship, really. I got to re-recruit him. Then I got to teach him a new system. I got to try to recruit other players um, for the next year. Like, he, he he came in running. Like, so, I mean, I think the, the program's in good hands. I think, like, far as the fans, they're 
unrealistic. You know, that's kind of like raw. But if if because the team like I don't like the team as a whole isn't like the best collage of players, per se. And that's not to talk about any of the players or whatnot. But when you have to mold a team that fast, you're not every fit, every piece isn't going to fit right. You know what I mean? It's like if you're building a treehouse, but like somebody just gave you a power power drill. They didn't really give you screws. They just gave you nails and you got a power drill. You're like, hold up. I need screws. I need some other stuff. Like, you're just missing a few things. They might not give you wood, you know, stuff like that. But I don't know. I'm just rambling on that. But in general, the team, this isn't, it's not like the greatest team per se. Like, there's some good players, solid players on the team. I think with more talent that they bring in, it's going to get nothing but better. But um he's making he's doing a lot i think what hurts is that they had the bad losses i think if they could if he could have had maybe every team's gonna have a bad loss but when you're a team that's not as talented you can't overcome the losses per se like this was like a super talented team and they were 17 and 10 they would still have a chance but um they're one of the you know they're not as talented as normal bearcat or people are used to watching as a bearcat fan especially in the last 10 years per se if you go past, you know, to the Huggins errors or whatnot. But, I mean, people just have to give it time. I think they have to give it time. I think everybody – anything over 16 wins at 16 or higher, I think everybody should just be patting him on the back more so than anything. I think it hurts that he did have the Tulsa, you know, the Tulsa loss and the two Temples, Monmouth. So, I think this could have been a strong 20-win team, even with the lack of talent, per se. But it's still, like, I mean – I mean, I don't know what people expected because they were but plant pick to pick to be to finish six right in the AAC, and then they they're probably going to finish around that mark right now. I think they're what seventh right now, something like that. If yeah, I'm not looking, yeah, they're seventh. seven. So seven. Um, they win a couple. I mean, six is definitely on the horizon. They could possibly get four. I mean, not not four, but five. But I mean, they're they're, they're performing kind of how you know media expected per se i just think like the fans have to just take a step back because i know like the football season went so well everybody's trying to pound on them so much but i'm like we're actually pretty deep we're respectable you know it just it hurts they just don't have that i mean the julius is very good but they don't have like that player that's a wing that can just get a bucket any way you want it want and that's what hurts them right now they don't have a post game either so you don't have a post game where that can alleviate that that can just you can throw it down and somebody can just be like you know what i'm gonna get 10 to 15 points just because i have a good hook i have a good face-up jump shot like you know they don't they don't have that and that hurts so but that's just basketball man but i, I feel like west is the guy that's going to fix it so we just got to be patient and let it ride and i mean if anybody's been paying attention you know, Reed and Skillings have been killing it. Um, Torrent, you know, Sage has got the size and seems like he has the skill, but Reed and Skillings seem like they'll be two guys that play a lot of minutes next year. I think they'll be being Sage legit. also was uh, coming off an injury this year, so they yeah. kind of like worked him re back into it slow. Yeah, her, yeah, he got a had, had a knee injury. But um, elaborating back off to what you said, this goes back to the pod with Meacham. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that this West hire reminded you of Luke Fickle's first hire. Yep. If I remember correctly, that was you that yeah, yeah, yep. made that. So if you want to elaborate back on that a little more. Uh, yeah, I'll tap into that. Because, like, the thing is, like, with Fickle, like, all right, so everybody was kind of, like, 50-50. Like, it was, like, people like, oh, I don't know. He wasn't, like, the young, hot hire when it happens now. Uh, how people want him, you would would have thought everybody was jumping for joy when he got hired. But it wasn't like that. Like, it was people like, you see messed up, blah, 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 this, that, and the third. But then when I went to the press conference, I was like, I like Fickle. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I, don't, I think I feel like he has the personality. I don't know if he's ready. I don't know. But long story short, when I went to the presser, I was like, dude, they got it right. They got it right. Like, I just knew, like, you sometimes you like, I was like ready to tear my ACL. Like I, I don't mean I ain't played football in years. Not at a high, not at a level that 
college can would want me if that so like it was just like once you heard heard him speak and then you see what he did even the first year when they weren't good you saw they were getting better like and then the next year they kind of they jumped the gun actually a year earlier we kind of expected them to be good by year three year two when they got to 11 wins like it would be like me, Chad, whoever, like me, Justin, we were like, all right, how much you think, like beginning of the season, we're like, how many games you think going to win? I'm like, I could see them being bowl eligible, um, six, seven at the tops, and they win 11. And then we just like, oh, these dudes are a year ahead. So then now you see them having all this talent, et cetera. Um, no, I'm getting long-winded on my answer, but at the same time, Wes gives me that same vibe, that same feel, like how you just like, man, you know what? I will freaking take a charge for you. I will bust my ankle up for you. Like you, he gives me that same vibe I got from Fickle, like the same exact feel. And it's crazy. Like, you know, I've been in mul- multiple um, pressers where people got hired and sometimes you're just like, ah, eh, see what happens. But you just don't have that feel like with, like with Fickle, Fickle. And then with Wes, I felt like they, they got it right. So we'll see. I think like, having 17 wins already and then possibly could win it more. I don't see them losing four in a row. So, I mean, like, you know, or five in a row per se. So, I mean, they possibly could win 18 to 20 games in the regular season. And that's, I think that's a win for the, you know, for the Bearcats per se, but I think they got it right. I mean, you guys see how they're recruiting, you mm-hmm. know, how he's recruiting and, you know, smart enough to know like, Hey, this, I got a great football team why shouldn't I bring my recruits on campus for the best day of the week? Right. I mean, like it's genius, like it's super genius. So I don't know. Like, I don't think that was anything that Brandon ever thought of or, you know what I mean? And that's not to knock him per se, but um, Wes, I think he just gets it, man. And, you know, he understands. So I know I can, we could probably talk about Wes for a whole hour, but yeah, I definitely feel like they got, got it right, man. It just, you can feel it. I know like right now it sounds like you're just like, I'm just like drinking the Kool-Aid, but it's just because it's not even really drinking the Kool-Aid. It's just that you could, you got to give him time. Like, you know, he didn't come in here with like the roster that Brandon came in the first year where you had a Cumberland, Trey Scott, Keith Williams, where you had all these guys that were pros and people that were like known, like known commodities that they were, very, you know, like Jaron Cumberland's going up and down from the NBA, same as you know Trey Scott right now. Right. You know, so it's like you got that talent plus the other people that stuck around. You're like, you have something. Like he's coming in where you know we got Jeremiah, who's a solid scorer, but at times he can shoot wild <laughs> shots, be inefficient. Um, he's playing out of position. Um, at times he can. When big guys give him trouble, right? And then you have the Julius, who's a hell of a guard, but he's six foot. So, like, when you got teams that throw on six, 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 five guys at him all the time, it's hard for him to get his stuff off, you know? But then he still can get it off. But it's just like he has to work so hard to be a creator. He's the only one that can score at all three levels for the Bearcats. So it makes it super tough for him. They don't have anybody that can throw into the post and just say, hey, I need a bucket right now. Get let D. Julius get some bre- get some rest, so then they can't send doubles at him as soon as he passes half court when he's on fire, or don't even let him get on fire. Just like how was that Memphis that was just sending a double as soon as he got on got past half court down there? It was crazy. So yeah, that that uh, logo that tra- ball with twenty four yeah. seconds. Yeah, o'clock. yeah, they were like trapping him like ASAP because I mean he was on fire. Like I mean he's a baller, but like he doesn't. They don't have like the set players. Like you know, Michael's a solid player, but he's not like. Hey, go get me 30 or give me 20 on a consistent basis type of a guy. Um, Mikey has the potential, I think, to be very, very good, but he's not there yet. He's getting better um, to me. Um, Lockin has the potential, but he's kind of regressed throughout the year, like where he started off like a ball of fire, where he thought by the end of the year he was going to be a guy that could do that. And he still looks like he can't be that, but right now he's not. Um, you know, we knew we know what a do was, uh, we know what Koval is. Um, so it's just like, you know, it's just it's a wait and see game right now. You know, I think people are just a little too tough, they don't really have the pieces that fit for what everybody expects. 
and that's where where we're at so let's see but yeah we'll we'll i mean i think just give us some time man just give us some time be patient and, and it'll work out all right fellas question for me for you guys now is now the season is winding down is the nit acceptable for you guys like in general or somebody i saw a question because somebody was saying like if they had to play in that cbi they they should turn it down but i don't i mean if you make a postseason you take it that's how i look at it um if if you're not good enough to make the ncaa tournament if somebody else wants you to play a couple extra games i I say you take it no matter what but what what about you guys how how do you feel about that if if it goes to that that route uh i'll start it off um i mean if if I'm the Bearcats, if you get invited to the NIT, I think you take it. The, the way the way I'm seeing it is that because Wes is into a brand new program, and obviously, like we mentioned, you know, the program was a little bit hit to a low point last year. I think to show, you know, future recruits, you know, transfer portal players, teams, players that aren't happy at their team that they're at right now be able to see UC in a postseason of some sort. Obviously, it's not the NCAA tournament, yeah. but in NIT, it shows it can show those players who aren't playing in, like, the NIT or, like, you know, get eliminated, let's say, in the NCAA tournament. It shows they can look at Wes's, how he coaches, how <laughs> the team is, and be like, hey, you know, that could be a potential spot for them because, I mean, you saw Wes, he attacked real hard on the transfer portal this year. Obviously, he needed to. I think West could do the same exact thing next year. He could attack that transfer portal and get, you know, obviously he's got a couple of really young athletic, uh, you know, forwards coming in next year, obviously. But, you know, you can go and get, you know, a couple more shot blockers. You could get an athletic point guard because the Julius is gone after this year. You know, it's his last year here. So you're going to need someone to fill in for the Julius. You still got Mike and Mikey who are dynamic but you're going to need to find someone to fill in for, you know, his – the Julius is scoring, obviously. And then, like – so I think – back to the original topic. I think if you go and play in the NIT, it just shows everybody, like, hey, guys, we don't give up at their – you know, th- this might not have been our season. Obviously, we didn't win what we wanted to win. But we're here. We're playing hard. We will play hard. You come play with me and I'll make sure we win in the future. That's the way I see it. Realistically, go back to – I think I said this on Meacham's pod. Uh, if you can get into the NIT, Wes's first year, overcoming everything he had to go through in the first 24 to 48 hours of being the head coach at University of Cincinnati, take it and win. That's a win. Yeah. But realistically, as Justin mentioned, uh, as he mentioned, the Julius might potentially leave, but I mean – that's something also up in the air due to the A, you have the COVID year. Yeah. yeah. So you give that eligibility. Yeah. So you also have the up and downs of, hey, what's David going to do? Is David going to come back after, I mean, he's averaging a career high, almost 16 points a game. I mean, realistically, if he comes back, what happens? But I yeah. mean, then also you have guys coming in like Daniel Skillings, Josh Reed, Sage Tolentino. But for West to be in an NIT the first year, I mean, yeah, it's not the NCAA tournament, but yeah. overcoming all the things you had to do. Hey, you had to start and you had to re- – we had, what, six, seven guys in the portal after the end of last season? Yeah. Not only had to go and get Mason Madsen back out of the portal, Mike Saunders Jr. out of the portal. He also had to fight for guys who potentially left the uh, team, Zach Harvey, Tari Eason. I mean, no one really knew what Chris Vote was going to do, and now he's at Wisconsin. But overall, I think – it's a win for Wes. I mean, with the 20 win season online, hey, potentially getting into the NIT and potentially having a home NIT game would be big for Wes Miller in his first season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. True. All right. So, all right. If the wheels totally fall off these last five games and then they have a crappy AAC showing, right? Do they take a CBI invite if that is on the table? They, they I get... say absolutely. All right. Yeah, How about you, Jack? I think you take whatever you get. All right, I'm saying, I'm saying, I, take whatever. If you get whatever postseason play, it's more exposure, not, no matter what, good or bad. The reason I say that is because you have a young coach like Wes. 
he's still putting the team together. I mean, you obviously have pieces. I mean, you're not just going to develop a super team in yeah. less than eight months, realistically, yeah. less than a year. Yeah. But, I mean, not only that, but if you get to that invite to any postseason tournament, you can have that opportunity to be like, hey, like, I have these younger guys. Like, if you're in a blowout game or whatnot, you can see what pieces you're working with for the future. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, we have the younger guys. You have Mason Madison, Mike Saunders Jr. You have uh, Victor Lockin. You have a lot of the under uh, the underclassmen. I mean, I realistically think, like, no matter what happens, AAC tournament. I mean, obviously, they could shock the world and make another – tournament AAC uh, championship. But realistically, if you get any opportunity, I think you take it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. True. Uh, All right. I think the thing also with like Wes and like tournament and that is that if no matter what type of postseason play you end up getting, like that's, that's ways that you can test out new rotations. I thought at the beginning of the year from the way the West sounded originally, sound like he was going to play with a couple of rotations and be like, who am I going to start originally? Now, obviously, we've seen the same starting five pretty much every single game. It hasn't changed unless there's been an injury, yeah. which I, I, I didn't get those vibes off West at first. I thought that the way he was saying, we don't know what we're doing yet. We don't know what the rotation's going to be. And that you be like, oh, right, let's see a couple of different starting fives. Maybe we, you know, we think we, you know, maybe Jared Hensley gets a start or, you know, Odie gets a start. Or, I mean, you could throw guys like Mason Madsen in as a shooting guard, you know, just different type of rotations that I knew you, you really didn't get to see this year because it was the same starting five. So even if you don't get like a really good postseason, like, you know, format, obviously. You can still test out different rotations, see what guys like Jared Hensley can do in a you know a, a large extended role, or um, Victor Lockeen, like like Neil mentioned, had a great you know start to his year and still playing really good. Uh, how would he do starting? You know, getting you know 20, 25 minutes a game, you know, that kind of thing. Just you know t- testing different waters to see what exactly you know could be for the future of the program. So after talking about postseason we talked to we touched on the recruits of course but one of the recruits had a play that everybody's been watching the last couple of days um i know you guys have seen it the daniel skillings dunk like what oh, man. man like just just absolutely caught a body. yeah oh like, man daniel skillings is gonna be so good in the future like i've been telling people all season like i'm like man could he play this year but um, like play, play legit play this. Year. I knew I knew what was going. I knew what what was what was happening. But what's crazy too is what people don't really realize is he did not start playing basketball until his freshman year of college. Like the kid's just so raw. Yeah. And I mean, looking forward. I mean, we were watching him, kid, four years ago. Not even four years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Back look back twenty eighteen. Never touched a game of basketball a day in his life, and now he's getting posted by overtime and yeah, all over barstool and. Oh, yeah. To see a player like that, I mean, it really could change the epitome of what's going on at Fifth Third Arena. Yeah, definitely. For sure. For sure. Yeah, it, it was nasty. So I'm pretty sure we both retweeted that. Or everybody, I think, is pretty much retweeted. It's, <laughs> it's viral. But all right. So we, we're done with basketball for now. We're going to skate back over into football. As everybody knows, they have seven people going to be in the NFL combine. It's a it's a school record. And the combine is next week. So, like, what how excited are you about this? Or how close are you guys gonna be paying attention? I know we have to pay attention because we want to post stuff about that and you know keep people abreast of like how people are re- recruiting, not recruiting, but how they're doing because it's a big thing. But um what what do you guys what do you guys want to touch on, on on about the NFL combine for the Bearcats per se? Oh, I, I mean, mean honestly, go ahead. Oh, okay. I'll let you guys go free for all on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bad. the first thing I, I want to touch on with the NFL Combine is that obviously QB1, Desmond Ritter, like he has been talked about so much this last couple of weeks. He had an amazing senior bowl. He played great in the game. I, I think then he earned like player, the offensive, offensive player, player of the game. game. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, he got offensive player of the game, and he looked yeah. really good. Some of the scouting, like, in the NFL has said he's QB1, which I think is crazy to think because, you know, thinking a couple, like, a month or two ago, everybody was like Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Kenny Pickett's the main guy. 
there's no no one else even close. Malik Willis, saw oh, he's definitely over Ritter. Now yeah. all of a sudden you've been seeing a little bit of pickup motion where it's like, huh, you know, Desmond Ritter might be QB one, QB two. Yeah. Desmond Ritter has the complete package. He can run like Malik Willis, and he's also got an arm. He showed it this year. He's got the deep ball down. It seemed like it seemed like he got a lot better with accuracy, a lot better with you know, that play action, it seemed like he was getting, you know, all the fundamentals down to where he could jump up to QB1, QB2. So I wanted to see what he does at the NFL Combine. You know, see, you know, shows up, shows up for NFL teams. I like to see him go in the first round and, you know, show Bearcat Nation, hey, we can develop quarterbacks here too. As Justin hit on that, I'm, I'm very excited to see what Dez does next week at the Combine. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, I know JT, Justin, all of us have seen it in the media aspect. I mean, look who he's been working out with. He's literally staying in California with the guy who has developed some of the most talented quarterbacks in all of college or er, all of NFL with uh, Jordan Palmer, who's now running a successful quarterback summit. So, I mean, he's out there working out with guys like Carson Strong, Malik Willis, uh, all the top quarterbacks in the in the draft. But, I mean, there's also one person who has been out there very frequently who is also a part of Jordan Palmer's camp, and that was Josh Allen. I mean, we've all seen the pictures on Instagram. So he's out there working out with Josh Allen potentially too. Um, I mean, to work out with arguably the best quarterback in the NFL right now. That's definitely arguably. But he is a dog, though. He's a dog. He's a dog. Realistically. He's a dog. Oh, man. Realistically, a top five. He's a dog. Yeah, he's a top five. He thought that. I don't know how you cut Realistically, it. Realistically, to have someone <clears throat> who went from a zero or a two-star recruit to only having two offers to working out with Josh Allen years it, later, I mean, it's crazy. It's kind of it is. It's very crazy to think of. But looking ahead at the draft, I mean, this is not only big weeks. We've seen Sauce climb as much as uh, number six to the Panthers, but this is not also just the big week for guys like Dez or Sauce. I mean, this is guys for. Uh, we've seen Alec Pierce. I mean, anybody has seen him from around four to around two, like yeah. two to four range. Like he's been all over the board. Yeah. <laughs> but you also got to see guys like who balled out at the senior bowl. Darian Beavers had a great week down there showing out along with Des. Definitely. But yeah. then you also have Jim Thorpe or Kobe. Uh, you have Kobe Bryant. You have Darian Beavers. You have a lot of those guys like Brian Cook even was one of the top lockdown safeties according to pff but as justin mentioned a lot of these age like a lot of these uh writers and whatnot are arguably saying like desmond ritter is the most ready and the most ready like to start right now in the nfl out yeah. Of this yeah it's true that is what they are saying like a lot of like the big the big uh the big heads are talking about it you know and like i like like Mina Kimes is one of the you know ESPN's main people, and she's like, I can't stop looking at Desmond Ritter tape, like you know what I mean, stuff like that. So it, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, I just want to see like what they do and what they don't do because you know how like sometimes some people might run, some people might wait for the pro day, which will be soon um, as well. So I, I'm I want to see who who does what. Like is anybody who's gonna hit the bench? Who's gonna is Des gonna throw when he goes to the combine? Is he going to run a 40? You know, I want to see, you know, I'm pretty sure Sauce and Kobe will, I mean, everybody, I'm pretty sure will run the 40. I'm guessing that's invited, but we'll see, like, who says no, who says yes. You know, they're going to do certain drills. So that's what I'm, I'll be uh, interested in seeing and seeing if we can get uh, footage of it, too. So that, that'd that be very key. I'll be locked in probably on NFL Network all day that those uh, few days that it's happening. So that's I think that's the main thing, man, because I want to because I really want to keep talking about like spring ball, but we'll we'll get back in that. We'll have another one next month where we kind of just like dig in the spring balls. We see a couple practices and kind of just give people our thoughts on what's happening on a consistent on a consistent basis. Basketball will be over by then, depending on when we do it. We'll probably do it in the middle or the end of the month and then do it that way and then just dig into it. But um in general all right so we're in 25 like that but justin let everybody know where they can find you on social media and they know they can find you at the front office news but let everybody know where they can find justin himself you the person 
So All social media. <laughs> you can hit me up on Twitter. My Twitter is Justin underscore Summers9 on Twitter. Um, you can hit me up um, on Instagram. I think I always change my name on there. I don't get on Instagram. I don't know about heart. I don't know about heart. So I can't even yeah, help you, you on always that. always hit up my Instagram. I always, I'm posting stories about what we write here at the front office news. I think it's J underscore Summers. I'm about to find it right now. Yeah, because I, I, man, I just don't use Instagram a lot anymore, man. I used to a lot and slipping, man, slipping. All right, it's Justin underscore 15. Okay, now it's uh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, boom, boom. I I plugged you right there. But yeah, those are the two, those are the two most ones I use. So you can always hit me up on there. Like I said, I'm always (laughs) posting stories. If you got any questions about the Bearcats, anything, you know, I'll hit it up with an article. Make sure JT's okay with it. Always trying to get out the best content for you guys. We appreciate it. Appreciate it, Justin. Neil, let everybody know where they can find you. Find your social media so they know where to to read your work, but where to find Uh, you. Yeah, so along with the front office news, uh, I'm on Twitter at MeyerNeil6, and then I'm on Instagram at NEM5421. But uh, like Justin and I share just about everything that we write, we talk about. So, I mean, if you guys also have any questions, I mean, my line is always open as long as depending the question, if it's something relatively great, if it's not, I usually <laughs> check them. But there's some stupid stuff. I, I won't look at it. So, but I mean, yeah, those are the two main main spots you can hit me up at. Right. Neil, get me an autograph. Said <laughs> <laughs> so we cannot get you tickets. Um, we'll put that. We'll put that PSA out now. All right, but but all right, guys. Make sure you guys check out Neil and Justin on the front office news. This is episode twenty-five. Make sure you like, subscribe, tell a friend, and tell a friend to hit TFON up, man. So we head, we heading out. Let me squeeze. Yeah.